0: into into The First Time I Heard, I'm your host Toya Hain, and on this episode, I am interviewing radio host and R&B singer Kyle Mack, and we're talking about the first time we heard The Temptations. The Temptations I was a baby and I mean a little baby I may or may not have been talking <laughs> but my earliest memory of the Temptations is during
1: bath time my girl, my girl, my girl, talking about-
0: My dad would give me a full-out concert of The Temptations Greatest Hits with just a few hits sprinkled in by The Four Tops and Marvin Gaye and other great Motown artists thrown in. Now, anyone that knows me knows that I thought my dad hung the moon. So in my mind, I somehow thought that my dad wrote these songs. Like, I somehow thought he was making them up as he was going along. Again, I said I was a baby. And you can't really hold a baby responsible <laughs> for how they think songs are created, but it wasn't really until some family car rides growing up listening to the amazing great radio legend WDAS's Butterball that I put two and two together. These songs were made up by my father. <laughs> they came from the great Motown machine. Where are you from? went from being more than my dad's favorite group to a group that I really became impressed by and just taken with um, I loved how their vocal abilities played off of each other meaning I love the gruffness and David Ruffin's voice and I know I'm losing you which is my favorite temptation song Which can only be rivaled to my second favorite Temptation song, it's a very close second, of just my imagination, led by the sweet vocals of Eddie Kendricks. Hey, hey,
1: hey. Each day through my window I watch her as she passes Say to myself, Your son, and who can forget
0: the incredible story that is Papa was a Rolling Stone, led by Dennis Edwards?
1: It was the third of September, that day I'll always remember. your yes, I will, cause never the day that my daddy died. I never But bad things about him Mama, I'm depending on you Tell me the truth Mama just hung her head and said, son Papa was a roller stone Wherever he laid his hat
0: span of 60 years the Temptations have had over 16 million selling records 14 number one R&B singles they're members of the Vocal Group Hall of Fame they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and with just as many or almost just as many triumphs and victories they've had their share of challenges and one thing that I've always been fascinated by, The Temptations, and it's a hill that I'm willing to die on, <laughs> is that every great male vocal group has pretty much followed their template. For instance, for my generation, I tend to think that New Edition followed the template of The Temptations. You got Bobby Brown. You got David Ruffin. You got Ralph Tresvant, You had Eddie Kendricks. You had Otis Williams. You got Michael Bibbons. Oh, and then you had Dennis Edwards, you got Johnny Gill. I'm just saying, I feel like there's a formula. And it's not just with New Edition. You can look at the history of a lot of male vocal groups and find that almost every group has their David Ruffin and their Eddie Kendricks and um, challenges and triumphs and comebacks. One comeback that really stands out to me was when they came out with Standing on the Top with Rick James, which I thought was amazing. And it was the first music video I saw of The Temps, and it was on MTV. This group that I grew up listening to on Motown with mustaches like, my dad and my uncle on MTV having music videos. It just shows that the Temptations have stood the test of time, have been so resilient. They're just fantastic. the core of what the temptations have always been about is what makes great music great razor sharp work ethic when it comes to choreography and stage presence incredible vocal prowess and as the last living original member otis williams said melodies that a five-year-old can hum with lyrics that everybody can relate to you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody that does not know at least one Temptation song. Whether they know it's The Temptations or not, they may have heard it in a the commercial, they may have heard it in a grocery store, but they're so memorable that you can pretty much get a whole stadium to sing My Girl. And it's 2019, almost 2020, and people are still singing Temptation songs. The Temptations set the standard way, way, way back in the 50s and 60s for all vocal groups of all genres. And to me, that is why they are not just an important part of pop music history or soul music history, but they're really a great important part in American history. So along with them being my daddy's favorite group of all time, that is why I will always love The Temptations. i laugh every time I say this because I am very excited with each guest because to me each guest is special because each artist we cover is special. So yes, I am very excited to have my guest today, Kyle Mack.
1: Hey. Hey. How are you doing? I'm
0: fine. How are you?
2: I am fantastic.
0: Kyle is a singer. He is a podcast host. He oh, stop. Is I'll keep going. <laughs> a man of the people. No.
2: <laughs> Activist. Activist. Uh, <laughs> Tax accountant.
0: A former. Not really. Yeah, I mean, you were in the service for I some was. time.
2: Yes, I was a air in the Air Force for uh, a good portion of my life. Yes, and we thank years. you for
0: your service, Kyle. Oh, Absolutely. thank you. Appreciate it. And he is an avid Temptations fan. I am knowledgeable to a degree that a lot of us are not.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Have you been keeping up on my on my my personal history on my Instagram lately?
0: not lately but i am familiar with some of your history concerning the temptations which is really a big part of why i wanted you on this show aside from the story of how you first came to know about the temptations which is of course what this show is all about how
2: all-encompassing is this show it's like are we can we do we have we travel through all aspects of of the preference of the of the what the guests like and listen to
0: you know what it just depends on how the conversation flows but Uh i'm going to ask you Uh uh-huh same question, the same first question that I ask everyone, and that is...
2: That is time for me to wake up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the first time you heard The Temptations.
2: Uh, I first heard The Temptations music as I was uh, a young boy flipping through the channels on television. And uh, came across VH1. And you know, VH1 plays that Temptations miniseries uh, in its entirety about 17 times a week. Or at least it did at that point. And, uh, yeah, that was the first time I was exposed to the music. The, the scene I uh, landed on when I first flipped to VH1 was when uh, Otis Williams, or the actor that was playing him, was uh, walking down the street uh, watching, Lady, somebody watching you. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, walking down the street singing Earth Angel to who would eventually be his, his wife or baby moms mm-hmm. uh, singing, uh, well, as I said, Earth Angel josephine was the the woman's name yeah so i started watching that because up until that point the majority of the music i listened to was doo-wop and i was a very strange fourth grader so it was uh Mm -hmm. it was you know i heard i heard that music and uh, having that music resonate with me so much already i just sat down and watched the rest of the movie and fell in Mm -hmm. love with the temptations and and eventually all of motown and you know so that's that's where the story began
0: where did White Christmas come
2: in? White Christmas was the reason why I like R&B at all. Okay. My grandmother, she spent a lot of time babysitting me when I was a kid. My parents worked the same schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they worked day and night. So my dad worked during the day and my mother worked at night. And a lot of times, uh, on the same days, a lot of times my grandmother would babysit me. <clears throat> and she had this billboard, best of Christmas, 1955 and up. Uh, sounds like a community fifty-five, but uh, it was a it was a CD of Christmas songs, and the Drifters' version of White Christmas is on
1: it. i dreaming of a white Christmas.
2: listening to the Drifters sing that song, you have Bill Pickney singing the bass vocals on the beginning which by the way Bill Pigney actually started off as their first tenor until their bass singer in the group dropped out and he went from first tenor to bass okay. which, is, which is a fun little side note But um, and then you have Clyde McFadder singing the, the middle verses up in high tenor range mm-hmm. and uh, it's just the contrasting voices between the bass and the, and, the, and the high tenor and the rest of the drifters singing in the background right. in this magnificent harmony with no intention to blend at all <laughs> but it was Just the the power of the voices and and the soul just resonated with me so much as a a much younger kid that once hearing that type of music, I couldn't, you know, get enough of it.
0: So that's what got you into doo-wop. So by the time you heard The Temptations, this is something that you had already connected with.
2: It was just a natural progression. It was just a
0: natural progression because then you, of course, have the bass of Melvin Franklin. Mm -hmm. And then you have the high tenor of Eddie Eddie Kendricks or Damon Harris or Ron
2: Tyson. Ron Tyson. Glenn Tyson. Leonard. Glenn Leonard, or yes. Or if, if you can find an archive concert recording of the two weeks that Ricky Owens spent with the Temptation <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> he was only in there for a couple of weeks. I remember he joined, Ricky Owens was Eddie Kendrick's first replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, already, if you're going to come behind Eddie Kendrick's, you already have like a huge microscope on you. Yeah. He did a concert. It wasn't too long into his time in the group, probably like. The second or third week, he he flubbed the words to just my imagination, which had just uh-huh. come out. It was like each window my day through is what he's saying. Uh-huh. And, they had, oh. you know, it was a, a, from what Otis told me, it was pretty much like any stereotypical booing at a concert. People had food <laughs> <laughs> and threw it. On the stage, yeah.
0: So by the time you got into the Temptations, they had already had the miniseries, and so mm-hmm. they were. I got already... in about
2: two thousand and five issues when I got into. Right,
0: it. so they had already been through their progression of lead singers and everything. Did you, when you started really getting into them, was there a certain lineup that you felt like you took to more than the rest?
2: You know, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> around that point, even when I first listened to them, I don't know, maybe because I was a, a younger kid, and, I, and you know, knowing. All of the the classic music In the the 70's uh, era The Temptations And the 80's And the 90's I've always found That I've associated More so with the 90's Lineups of The Temptations Really? Yeah I love David Ruffin And uh, Dennis Edwards And Eddie Kendricks And all those Classic voices But I don't know It's just I guess Something about To understand me I like the The group And how How it's been able To persevere Right So, to come back, like in 1998, the Thames had their highest selling album of all time Mm -hmm. in the form of Phoenix Rising. Right. They had that song, Stay, that came out. T.O. Peoples was the lead singer. He, he was. It was. Um, he was on that album. He did recorded half the album before he, you know, he got fired. Mm-hmm. And um, then he eventually joined the Four Tops uh, as their secondary lead singer, and then eventually replaced uh, Levi Stubbs when he got uh, ill. But the fact that you you've been around for so many decades, I think it's like forty some uh, forty something years by this point,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and your highest selling recording comes out in nineteen ninety eight. That's crazy. Yeah. And this is, and this is a sales that's, that supersede My Girl and,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: Papa Was a Rolling Stone, which also I think has something to do with the power of the miniseries, because they released the album at the same time the miniseries came out, mm-hmm. so it was mm-hmm. cross-promotion. Right. You know, you had commercials playing, uh, advertising the album during the playing of the miniseries, mm-hmm. and then you also had, when on the album I believe, there was advertising for the actual, you know, the, the miniseries itself. Right. It was it was a great marketing scheme. Whoever came up with it, yeah, because so. it
0: gave them their highest selling. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and and uh, stay was number one on the adult contemporary R and B charts for I think eleven weeks, which yeah. is which is amazing.
0: Which is amazing. They've had so many resurgences in their career, and I remember one thing that I really liked was around eighty seven or eighty eight. I felt like there was a group of R and B groups that. Had their own resurgences. Like, for instance, OJ's came back out with Loving You. Mm. You know, The Whispers came out with like a great album that, like, in the mood and all those other is songs. Is that where Rocksteady was on? Yeah, Rocksteady, yeah. baby with Baby Faces, Rocksteady. Yeah. You had Maze featuring Be- Frankie Beverly with like Silky Soul Singer, like mm. those kinds of songs. And Temptations, I feel like they had the same kind of. Resurgence. I call it the time where, like, grown people can make records. Like, that's mm. what I used to Because you wouldn't really see, like, groups like that right now right. coming back out and having that kind of resurgence.
2: Music is very ageist now. Yeah. No, It's crazy. Not just on the R&B side, but you have, like, back in the 80s and 90s, you could have middle-aged people coming out and, and having hits for the first time. Yeah. Also, you weren't wiped out by the, you know, music... Uh, consumers just because you're getting older. Right. Either. Like you have what, Don Henley and Glenn Fry on the rock side. Yeah. Who uh, who were in their 40s having hits. Yeah. After leaving the Eagles. Yeah. Which was like the biggest band of the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see that type of thing anymore.
0: No, you don't. No,
2: you're not going to see, especially, I remember I was watching an interview with, uh, it was the current lineup of the Eagles as they are now, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, three... Core members and then glenn Fry's son, and they'll still record music if they want to. But they they have no, they have uh no um, they realize that 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 the music business ages and their hit days are over. Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, like not too many people want to hear. We've been in the studio. We want like no, we want to hear Hotel California. We want (laughs) to (laughs) hear. I can't tell you why. Like we don't want to hear, and it's a shame. Like I really wish it, it. Was different, but I think that's part of understanding where you are in the industry and be like, you know what? This is what makes us money.
2: I'll look forward to it, but. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not everybody.
0: I do want to talk about, as we were talking about the the resurgence that they had like i think around the time they had lady soul which mm. was with ollie
2: yeah ollie woodson uh, with
0: ollie woodson Yeah. and even backtracking um ollie's career with the temptations how they came back out with treat her like a lady which was huge for them they
2: came out in 1984.
1: yeah, yeah. No!
0: that Dennis Edwards had been like in and out of the temptations like three times. Like when I was researching this. Yeah. So just recently I found out that it was not Ollie Woodson on silent night.
2: No, I'm so, no, that was, that was recorded, I believe in 1980.
0: Yeah. But the reason why I thought that it was Ollie and not Dennis Edwards is because around, let's say the second or third resurgence of the temptations, um, they started doing music videos, so they did a music video for they had was it "Treat Like a Lady" or "Standing on the Top" mm-hmm. with Rick James. Okay, yeah. so me being a kid and seeing these these music videos, but knowing about the Temptations and knowing that there's been an exchange of lead singers and all this kind of thing. But by the time I saw Ollie Woodson, Ollie Woodson, that's what I associated them with. Really? So when th- hearing "Silent Night" around that time, right that's where i got confused so i always thought that in my mind which a lot of people call silent night <laughs> in my mind that's the that's that's the name of the song in my mind mm. um i thought that was ollie woodson mm. so if anybody else out there thought that was ollie woodson and not dennis edwards like i did please reach out because i feel really bad you get no calls <laughs> <laughs> shut up Kyle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to honest,
0: oh i felt terrible a there. lot of young
2: folks now that listen to silent night that first off don't know that it's a temptation to begin with mm-hmm. and then secondly don't have the wherewithal to actually pay attention or care that there's a distinction between dennis edwards and Ollie so yeah. so is you know it's kind of lost on people now Yes, mm-hmm. You see all those memes that say Christmas hasn't started until I hear the Temptations' verse in a Silent Night, but they don't yeah. know they don't know who's on it. I was, well, I, was ha- I was having a uh, a conversation with my good friend Tim Marshall the other day, mm-hmm. who hosts the R and B showcase uh, on Philly Camp, and uh, he he likes to complain about uh, young folks sometimes about their their complete indifference to knowing about the people who started the the whole movement of R&B music. Mm-hmm. Like there there's no interest in learning who came before who's out right now. Yeah. You know, no interest in learning the history.
0: How do you feel about that?
2: I feel like that's such a shame because if you think about it, the smart people in music industry today use the knowledge that they have to influence them further. Right. You have to have a, an interest in the history to do that. Right. You know, especially with all the music that's being sampled now. You know, if you have no interest to learn the history, then um, you're you're missing out on so much influence.
0: Which goes back to what you were saying. You grew up to a certain point, not even you didn't grow up with the temptations, like I grew up listening to the Temptations. So by the time you got to it, they were in their mini series. So mm-hmm. when you found out about them, you went back and you Oh yeah. Understood the history of everything. That's I drove why my parents
2: crazy listening to it right, all. Right, So
0: that's why you're able to distinguish the difference between an Ollie Woodson and a Dennis Edwards and a David Ruffin and, and all that because you went back and you found out and also you're a singer. Yeah. So you understood how important that was. You said something earlier that I wanna definitely want to touch upon. You said that you spoke to Otis Williams. Yeah. Can you talk to us about your history with The Temptations?
2: Um, so I have been an avid fan for, like like we said, the longest time. Um, and so I first went to my first uh, Temptations concert when I was in high school. I was 14 when I first went to a tempt show. And they were playing the Tropicana. I fell in love with the live show. I kept going back, kept going back. Who
0: was the lineup then?
2: It was, uh, of course, it was O. Uh, Ron Tyson, who's mm-hmm. was a tenor singer, Terry Weeks, mm-hmm. um, Joe Herndon, who was the bass singer at the time, okay, and G.C. Cameron, who joined in 2003, replacing Barrington Henderson. G.C. actually was the lead singer of the Spinners twice. Okay. He sang lead on their one big hit with Motown, It's a Shame. Mm-hmm. He sang the baritone and the high tenor parts.
1: Okay. Um,
2: yeah, so that was the group I saw in 2006. And I kept going back. Uh, the, the Tropicana had this uh, contract with them where they would uh, show up twice a year and play a three-night weekend. Mm. So there's six shows potentially I can go see just in Atlantic City alone. And so I, I went. I kept on going. And then GC Cameron eventually left, and the new guy came in. His name was Bruce Williamson, who was in the group for nine and a half years. I eventually, just because I went so uh, around so much, got very familiar with the people who were around that camp. Right. And they let me into the, you know, they they let me into their world, I guess. Uh, and I got, you know, I became friends with Bruce, and he eventually adopted me as his godson. And I call we call each other godson and goddad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's how I got close, sir, with the with the group. And um, 2016, after nine and a half years, uh, Bruce was let go and uh, Larry Braggs came in so also Joe Herndon left too Bruce and Joe left at the same time and they brought in a new bass singer named Willie Green and a new lead singer named Larry Braggs mm-hmm. so I was I was afraid that I wasn't going to be as you know welcome as I had used to be right. but I said no you know you're, you're family now keep coming back so right after Larry joined the group the Temps were doing a show in Glenside at the Keswick mm-hmm. and um I got so friendly with the band with the, the Temptations rhythm section that the Temps never really do their own sound checks because they're sleeping. They know, mm-hmm. sh- they know their show well enough that they don't, you know, they don't feel like it's necessary. Um, but the band always has to be sound checks and so they get the, the house, you know, right. all you know, EQ'd and leveled and everything. Um, so if I'm there, the Temps are not, the band has no problem with me singing, you know, th- during the sound check.
0: Now, wait, how did they know you could sing?
2: Oh, I mean, just because I would sing around them all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm sure Bruce told them to, mm-hmm. you know, and they follow me on Facebook. So, okay, you know, there's clips of me singing on Facebook, too. Um, around 2013 is when I first started doing it. By that point, I had already listed in the military. I was stationed in Hawaii with okay. the Air Force and I was in a bunch of party bands and there was uh, clips of me on that. I posted of me singing on Facebook and me being friends with them on Facebook that's I think that's how they now that I think about it that's probably how they knew I could sing
0: were you singing Temptation songs on Facebook Is that I was saying some uh, but or songs that would lead them to know if he knows this he can definitely carry our songs
2: yeah and also they know they've seen my face enough around to know that I've been to by that point probably somewhere like 50 shows and yeah. and, and know the show inside and out that
1: mm-hmm.
2: I can pretty much know how the show went so I'd sing their sound checks and sing every part and between the bass and the and the high tenor. I'm not a great bass singer, but it was, you know, I, I gave a good try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no uh, Melvin Franklin, but you tried. No. No, yeah. no, no, Which uh, no one could be. No yeah. one can be.
2: No. He's like the best bass singer that ever lived. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Davis is a close second though. Ray Davis replaced Melvin Franklin in right. the 95 after he died. And he was the bass singer with Parliament Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the you know that uh, Taylor Roof off mm-hmm. you know at the beginning of uh, of that song um very very deep resonant voice everyone else after him has has come pretty close but um yeah so 2016 I'm singing this sound check in Glenside at the Keswick my boy Kevin uh he was there he sh- filmed it on his phone mm-hmm. and I just chopped it up and, and put it together and put it on YouTube which was uh me singing Pop was a Rolling Stone and treat like a lady and just my imagination um so yeah I had done that in the beginning of twenty sixteen, summer of twenty sixteen into the winter I deployed to Turkey and I came back just um just with enough time to catch the temptations at the Borgata. And I was talking with Otis and he never saw the video and I showed it to him and mm-hmm. He was like, oh, wow, because he saw me not only singing their songs note for note, but also doing the choreography as well. Yeah. Which looks very strange to do it by yourself, but it was
0: because <laughs> we was, usually have like five or six people yeah. doing that choreography.
2: Choreography looks great in unison with other people. <laughs> when you're by yourself, it looks dorky, but I was just having fun. So, yeah. but he recognized that I was doing all that and was like, man, we got to do something with you i thought he was joking at first and then his uh road manager doogie was like no if he says that he's serious so we exchanged phone numbers and because i'd known him for a while but i'd never had his phone number this was
0: ever. after like six years
2: 2006 yeah okay so. so yeah 10 years
0: 10 years after 10 years okay
2: yeah and um yeah so not too long after that i got a contract in the mail and it sat in my lawyer's desk for a while before i signed it but signed so it in late February by March you flew me out to LA and we recorded a, a cover of True Like a Lady and the Temptations were on it. And uh and
0: this was whose label?
2: This was Otis's label. Okay. This is uh 1030 a label. What was it called? 1030 International. 1030 International. Okay. Yeah. That's a label that um so the only two artists to record on that label are me and the Temptations because they had a couple of albums underneath that after they left New Door, New Door Records. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Which was the label they went to after Motown for the second time? Because if you know of their history, they went they were with Motown first, went to Atlantic, Atlantic, right? Went back to Motown, Mm -hmm. and then around 2004, the Temps cut a record called uh, a CD called Legacy, Mm -hmm. which was phenomenal. But the president of Motown at the time, she took over and was kind of anti. She was ageist, Mm -hmm. anti old school artist. Like she was giving Stevie Wonder a hard time. Wow. And 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 in her history, I forget her name, but her history like. She was someone who pushed out Teddy Pendergrass in the 80s mm-hmm. after his accident.
1: Mm.
2: Uh, so she kind of had that vibe. Well, she didn't kind of. She had that vibe. And so after the way that Legacy was treated and by not being promoted because it had the potential to be a hit for them, yeah, that whole album, they left. They went to New Door and they cut two so-so records with uh, Reflections and Back to Front. They were both cover jobs. Mm-hmm. And so then they went to... Uh, they recorded an independent album called Still Here in two thousand and ten. Yeah, yeah. And that was off of that was recorded for Otis's ten thirty international label. Yeah. And then yeah, so they went and they did the last album was was for U M E. Mhm. Universal Music Entertainment. The
0: new are you talking about the latest, the one that latest they have album? Called called, uh, the latest album All the Time? all the time, all the time, yeah. Yeah.
2: So they they've they've uh they've been going around from label to label the last decade so yeah so
0: the last album i actually listened to that and all the time is co- mostly covers right
2: mostly mostly covers there's like three originals on there yeah
0: there's actually a cover i usually feel a way about when older artists feel like they have to do covers of certain things however there's a cover of john mayer still feel like your man i love that that i love i think it's so good and i think it was good that it got the temptations treatment I think it's a the perfect song for something like
2: that. I love it because it's Ron Tyson's only lead on that album.
1: Prettiest girl in the room, she wants me. I know
2: because she
0: told me so. This is true.
2: <laughs> and and it's it's a great yeah. version of it. Yeah. They took a little liberties on the bridge melody, but it was mm-hmm. a it was a it was a it was a great cover. That that whole the label Universal kind of forced the, they want to do a co- uh, an album of original songs mm. Universal I guess the way the business is now kind of was like no we need you to do covers if you want to have an agreement yeah. so they actually took a, a hell of a lot to get them to do three original songs
1: right yeah
2: I thought the album was good the producer Dave Darling produced my EP mm-hmm. with The Temptations so I guess after recording with me Otis got a good taste of his work ethic and his talent so they used him as a producer on on the Thames album
0: how did you feel going from being a kid, seeing the miniseries, falling in love with the temptations, to singing on stage for the temptations oh, yeah. or during sound checks to being on Otis's label? Like tell me about how that was for you.
2: At the time it was it was a huge dream come true. Yeah. You know? Um It was uh I say the whole the whole process was a big catalyst for for me to exit the military it came around mm-hmm. it came around the same time um the offer came around the same time during like the last half of the year of my time in the air force like i had the option to either reenlist mm-hmm. or leave and because of this i chose to leave okay and in hindsight sometimes i wish i had probably stayed in the military mm. but at the time it was i mean Come on, you're, this group that I've idolized forever. Yeah, I'm in the studio with, and they're singing background for me. Who the hell am I? Yeah, which is also a sentiment that a lot of Temptations fans share too. <laughs> Who the <laughs> hell is this guy? <laughs>
0: singing "Street or Like a Lady."
2: Yeah. Oh my god. It's crazy. Cause, okay, so the the only thing that the only thing that could possibly ever counteract the joy that I felt doing the project was the comments by temptations fans after it came out
0: oh gosh what yeah. was that like
2: it was humbling mmm and you know I know how I've like this was my first time in, a, in a, like a real studio recording situation I never I recorded at home a lot you know there was other studio sessions I've had where I've produced it myself and you know they're garbage you know it's just you know growing up you have those phases where you you are a lot of stuff you just make when you when you first start out is just garbage hmm And so I kind of got catapulted into a more professional situation. But all that to say, what we did was still, I feel like, was still good. Yeah. Just a good product. But you have those uh, non-understanding Temptations fans Mm -hmm. who are so married to a certain version of their favorite music that when they hear someone else... Maybe has something to do with the fact that I'm Irish too. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it,
0: it may, it may, yeah. it may not. But yeah, dependent.
2: But uh, in fact, there was a comment one time I saw on YouTube. There was a guy. I'll s-
0: never read the comment.
2: I, you know, I was that was that person. I I, I read the comment. There was one guy that said a white guy is singing Motown. How? Well, I'm not even gonna say what he said on this sh- on this show. But he he was not very, he was not very kind.
0: It just because wouldn't it, have been the first time. But yeah.
2: Just because it was the uh, you know.
0: It's The Temptations.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it was it was the fact that it was Temptations and also I'm, I'm a white dude singing singing it. And so some mm-hmm. people had a problem with that. To be yeah. honest, just to be straight up and honest with you, it was like there was a time where Otis had said to me that if he was not looking,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, if he was looking for a new member for the group, you know, he, he would uh, consider me t- to join as the new, the new lead singer for the Thames. Um, which Ooh. was was a hell of a compliment. Yeah, I just knew that after everything that happened after recording "Treated Like a Lady," yeah. his group would be under fire and scrutinized. and, yeah. and I was like, oh, I I appreciate it. I'm not so sure that's a good idea. And I don't think that would ever be a possibility now, um, considering a whole bunch of things. But it's like the 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 New Temptations Broadway musical has put them back under the microscope.
0: Right. Right, you know? which is based off of Otis Williams' autobiography.
2: Yeah, it, kind of. It's it's uh, the
0: thing about
1: loosely. you seen loose, it? I'm yeah, that. I've seen it
2: a couple times. It's very the general idea is there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's uh, there's a lot of dramatic license taking. Yeah, you know, there's certain numbers that are fudged. There are certain historical inaccuracies.
0: How uh, close is it to the miniseries? As, are, far, there, as far as historical facts, as far as being factual, in your in your opinion,
2: how, it's there are five black guys singing Motown songs on stage. That's about as close. <gasps>
0: wow. Okay. So <laughs>
2: no, I'm kidding. No, there's a no. They're they're. I mean, they get the gist. It's it's yeah. just, but it's all summary.
0: Yeah, it's all summary. And you were talking about a, a a career spanning sixty years.
2: They don't even do that though. They they go from Otis as a teenager to about. Well, the really the, the, the their main focus stops at around Papa was at Rolling Stone, and okay. then, and then they zip to the reunion tour, and then that's where it ends. Oh, yeah, they don't even get into the the uh, the <clears throat> seventeen or something other members that were in the group after that point. Right,
0: there yeah. are twenty
2: four. There's about to be twenty five since Larry Bragg's got fired, but there's about to be uh twenty five different members in The Temptations' history that will never be represented in that play.
1: Wow.
0: I want to go back to something real quick. Treat Her Like a Lady was the song, the Temptations song that you covered on Otis's label. Yeah. Is that your favorite Temptations song or your favorite Temptations song to sing? Is that why that was picked or did that have anything to do with you?
2: It used to be. I think what, what it, uh because of me singing Treat Her Like a Lady on that video that Otis saw, mm-hmm. kind of planted the seed. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, this is a great, I love the song.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's definitely my favorite song in their live show. Yeah. And it's my favorite song to sing with the Temptations band. I don't know if it's my favorite Temptations song, to be honest with you. Do
0: you have a top three? Oof. I usually don't like to ask people their favorites. I know how difficult that is, especially when you know so much about the history of a group. So if you can give me a top three.
1: Hmm.
2: I know they're all l- latter day Temptations songs. I think that I'll say maybe like Tree Like Ladies three.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll say Stay is one. Mm-hmm. The number two, it's got to be hyphenated because there's a couple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. But
2: they're all like that. They're all choice songs off of like Phoenix Rising or uh, Irresistible, which yeah. was the album that came out in 2000. Probably like, um, you know what? How could he hurt you? Okay. Which is a song, which was this, which was the third single off of Phoenix Rising. And that was
0: off of Phoenix
1: Rising. Yeah.
2: It was the second song to have a music video off that album. Well,
0: who is your favorite lead vocalist of Tim Theo Peoples? Theo Peoples. Yeah. I still think he, he should rejoin he the choice.
2: group. A lot of people share that same sentiment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, he was—he's crazy singer. You know, I think it's like Theo Peoples, Ollie Woodson, second, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's—I it, know this it just sounds blasphemous for uh, for. Other Temptations fans will probably hear this because I know that they're going to be like, well, you're not going to say David Ruffin or Dennis Edwards. And yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, they're they're great singers, but, I'm, you know, and they definitely carved their way for everyone else who's followed them. But mm-hmm. for me personally, as far as talent level, Theo Peoples and Ollie Woodson are like my top mm. my top singer. Also, Terry Weeks is, is, is a bad, bad man. And he's still in the group, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's because he has such great discipline and, and knows how to play the game. Mm-hmm. And he's also an Air Force member. Okay. Uh, he uh, he was uh, in Tops Blue, which is the entertainment unit, mm-hmm. Air Force entertainment unit that I did. Okay. He did it back in the 80s. And then he helped me uh, get involved with them. And I mm-hmm. auditioned and made the tour back in
0: 2014.
2: Okay. And uh, so, yeah, Terry Weeks is amazing. And he, in the, in the light of larry braggs being let go from the group mm-hmm. he took over as uh the predominant lead singer until they found a a new fifth member okay which they are still still apparently on the hunt for so he's uh, yeah terry weeks is, is amazing
0: how has your interaction and experience with the temptations and knowing their history even even aside from being on the label um, just the history of, of the Temptations and what they've dealt with in the business, how has this affected you as an artist? What have you learned?
2: Hmm, That's a
0: broad question. Because you've seen a lot of what to do and what not to do is really what I'm asking. So like, how has it shaped you as far as how you plan on moving forward as an artist? If you do plan on moving forward as an artist. Because it's been a little bit since you've recorded.
2: Yeah, it has been. Um, <clears throat> I think that what I what I've definitely learned is that you need to pay attention to everything don't and i don't want to i don't want to sound too grim but it's like you need to be careful about who you work with um and 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 you have to make sure that you mm, this is a lot tougher to answer than i thought it was going to be okay but it's it's I've learned that now I love, I, I have a lot of respect for Otis and what he's done. And, and, and I'm very appreciative of everything that he did for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with your idols. Sometimes, sometimes it's best to just stay a fan. Mm. So this is, this, is, this is real stuff right now. But yeah. sometimes it's, it's just best to stay a fan. I'm sure Otis had great intent for me. You know, he had all the intention in the world for me Uh, when stuff kind of petered out. And he had to let me go. I learned a lesson to not put all of your eggs in a particular basket. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that completely anyway, but I would be lying if I didn't have if I said I didn't have a lot more hopes for, for what we were doing than what actually happened. Sure. Um like I said, it was a catalyst for me to leave the military. You know, as soon as I left the military, about I, I enrolled in broadcasting school, mm-hmm. and so I'm pursuing that as a career right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, as well, I mean, I'm I'm recording music, or I'm going to re- be recording music soon again. Um, but it's not going to be you know the the full force thing that it was when I first you know yeah. started working with oh, um, but more of a of uh, something for me. Yeah. M- more than something for somebody else.
0: You know, The Temptations or Otis Williams and Temptations is not the first artist in a group to have a record label. Yeah. Okay. So you had Boys and Men from around here, you had Stone Creek. Yeah. You have um, New Edition. Michael Bibbins, who had Biv 10, right. you know, and there are numerous stories about, you know, New Edition having their own miniseries and talking about Michael Bibbons and the issues that he had with his artists. Do you feel that certain artists that have a label trying to do the good thing for artists and have them not go through the same things that they did? Do you feel like maybe there's a blind spot that they have when it comes to the artists that they signed to their own label?
2: I think the blind spot is their own careers. Mm. It is hard to pay enough attention to a young artist that you're trying to to cultivate right is that the right word cultivate right, yeah. cool. when you're also actively still continuing to pursue your own right that was one of the issues that you know that occurred for me was that why in the midst of Otis wanting to do stuff with me, he's also continuing to tour which i mean i've mm-hmm. never asked him to stop doing that in promoting the new temptations album and also promoting the new musical he became very busy yeah and i think that a lot of ways it's hard i i think that if you're going to be an artist that has a label you need to have executives that work for the label to do the stuff for you that you're too busy to do yourself right which was not president at all otis's label is kind of small it's independent Mm -hmm. label and um he didn't have all those people right it was just otis making decisions that eventually he just became too busy to make any more yeah and that's where you know stuff kind of fell apart between uh you know he he and i when it came to recording music Mm -hmm. so that's that's the only thing that's, that's the blind spot.
0: So tell me about Tri Jam and what you're doing now. You said you went to broadcasting school, and, mm-hmm. and this is what you're doing now. So talk to us about Tri Jam.
2: Tri Jam podcast is something that I started back in, it was like the summer of last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So around July, August of 2018.
0: Really? I yeah. feel like it's been longer. But I So mean, do I. <laughs> clearly, you know, but I really thought it'd been longer than that. Okay.
2: No, it's, uh, we, it's like a year and a half now. Okay. Which is, which is, I've never been a part of anything entertainment wise that's been that, you know, that's that's taken up that much time. Mm-hmm. And um, it's lasted that long. So it started off being just a podcast talking about music and highlighting local artists in the Tri State area, hence right. Tri Jam. Um, along the way, we just found ourselves talking about so much more than just music and having more people than just artists on so mm-hmm. now it's it's still that at its core but it's taken on the life of uh, almost like a morning radio program
0: yeah it, it sounds like it Man,
2: yeah. and uh we're just it's crazy because there's a lot of people like i'll go to like a live event mm-hmm. like people will know me for that first before they know me for an artist
1: mm-hmm. and
2: which i don't know how to take sometimes because
1: <laughs> 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 well
0: i I mean, it has been a while since yeah. you put out music too and then you you've had this thing that has been steady going mm-hmm. for a year and a half right so it, it makes sense
2: no it makes sense it's a little but when i go up and sing somewhere people are surprised like oh, oh try jam yeah. guy can sing you know oh yeah so okay. it was like oh i wish y'all had known but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but is. uh it's it's a really great thing like it started off and and it's crazy that we've been able to continue I feel like we've had like a career's worth of highs and lows and changes in just the the year and a half that we've been together yeah, it's like we started off with it was me Shay davis actually to be honest the show's original concept was created by me and this other guy named Dante Covert and he was supposed to be a co-host on the show and then he and I had kind of a bit of a of a um a rough patch in our friendship mm-hmm. to be honest i have made i made a a uh i have asperger syndrome just to be honest with you okay and um sometimes i'm not the best judge of character when it comes to social cues and um exactly what the what the best thing to say in public is okay <laughs> and um i made i made a, a a joke um that i thought was pretty tame that he kind of took a little bit more personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of, he stopped being my musical director after that. Oh, wow. And so obviously we were not going to work together on progressing Tri Jam. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving forward from that, I was like, okay, how am I going to build this team of people? Like, let me ask Shay Davis. He is a very smooth cat, he's a drummer, singer. Very knowledgeable in music and local happenings as far as, you know, live venues and stuff and uh, live acts. And and he has has that that more contemporary male artist point of view, whereas I have a more seasoned uh, male artist point of view, like from the people I listen to.
0: Yeah. And who you've been around. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And then I wanted a a comedic relief because I'm not funny enough and neither is Shay. (laughs) And we got this guy named uh, Sean Lowe. Mm -hmm. who was a bass player and one of the craziest personalities i've ever met Mm -hmm. and he was absolutely fantastic really kept us laughing and on our you know rolling on the floor and um then i needed a girl to break up the sausage party (laughs) and uh i was just on a whim thought let me get joe rivers on the show who's this She's like this really, really talented um, singer from Camden who mm-hmm. performs all over the city. Okay. Camden and um, Philly. And um, it just turns out that she has a goofy personality and I didn't know it. And so it was, it was a, such a pleasant surprise. She has such a great voice too, uh, a speaking voice and radio presence that it just, she just adds so much.
1: Right.
2: And I'll be honest with you, my intent of bringing her on was just to have a girl on the show. Mm-hmm. You have to be more diverse. But she has she has added so much to the show that when she has to take a day off mm-hmm. either from like being sick or she has a gig, in the show's a lot different. Mm. It's a very different show, and we have subs coming sometimes, but it's never the same right, yeah, so about seventeen weeks into the show, so a couple months into it, Sean Lowe had to leave mm-hmm. We were talking hmm, we were talking about uh. Let's say there was there was some sexual tones on, on a particular conversation, mm-hmm. and he was going for job interviews, and, and the hiring managers found videos, and uh, oh, and oh, the internet's forever. Yeah, yeah. and so the <laughs> hiring hiring managers like you're talking pretty foul on your on your show. He was trying to be a cop.
0: Oh gosh.
2: Yeah. So he said, "Yo, Kyle, I need to go." So yeah. like, I'm trying to I'm trying to get a job. So I was like, "All right, I understand." It hurt me because I didn't know how we were going to continue without him. Yeah because he was such a, a huge part of of the chemistry. We had a guest who had been on, like, within the second month of the show. He was the only comedian that we ever had at that point, and the only guy to ever make Sean laugh so much they had to leave the room. hmm So his name's Will Wright. Mm-hmm. And I gave him a call. In fact, he was supposed to be on the show as a regular, as a, as a semi-regular guest, like once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Sean left, we hired him as a, as a permanent member of the cast, and it's just you know the show's taken off ever since he since he joined. Oh, Will is funny. Yeah, are you familiar with him? I've heard it. Oh, okay, <laughs> I've
0: heard your show. <laughs> right.
2: He's uh, he's yeah, he drives me nuts mm. because. He doesn't listen to me. <laughs> so there's about four
0: or five of you. There's, oh, there's four
2: you. of us on a regular cast. Oh, and then the we also cast. have our producer, uh, Dan, and, right. our, and our intern, Kevin. Right. Um, we've gone through a couple of producers and interns since mm-hmm. we started. Dan has been around the longest. We started off with uh, Tyler Brandau, who we've affectionately named Fuego, mm-hmm. as our producer. Uh, but he left after you know a little bit. He was another c- conflict with trying to find a job. Uh, so then Dan took over after that and he's been great
0: y'all sound like the temptations
2: Oh, really I'm just saying as far as podcasts
0: yeah. go
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> as far as your Otis and then you have people that have had to leave and come back like just I mean I say that jokingly but I think you understand that oh, understand. in order to get like a solid core it takes a lot yeah. you know it took them a lot
2: people made that comparison uh, actually made that comparison um, to the change between Sean and will mm-hmm it was like Sean was David Ruffin uh-huh. and and Will was Dennis Edwards. <laughs> it was like the quality of the show didn't change or, or maybe it even improved. Mm-hmm. But it was like we went from one era to another in a, yeah. seamless, in a seamless transition that worked. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I'm very thankful for that. And now we are working our way onto getting our show onto uh, radio. Good. We just had some meetings um, trying to, we're brokering time in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Soon. Good. Yeah.
0: Good for you. I want
2: to get. A, I want to get ourselves on like a mainstream uh, R and B station. Mm. Uh, Atlantic City is a great place to start. Mm. It's a smaller market. You get your foot in the door, grab an audience, and uh, yeah, it'll be a a weekend morning show.
0: Yeah. So I'm really glad that this is something that you're doing, and you've continued to do, especially after every, after everything that you've gone through. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm happy things are are working out that way. Uh, I w- wish that my my wallet reflected some success, but it's. Uh, Listen, I
0: get that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but uh, all the things that I've experienced, it's a lot of things that I've been able to do that a lot of artists would would love to do in in their lifetime. Yeah, I'm only 27 now. Wow. Okay. So, and a lot of people get just get to say that they performed and. 20 plus countries before they were 21 Mm yeah yeah and uh, you know think about it Air Force Fed recorded with their favorite group who was the biggest R&B group of all time
1: Mm
2: -hmm. you know it's just it's I just I just would like to uh, I'm really interested to see where this where the story of, of my life goes Hopefully, it's a good ending. It
0: will be. All right, so I'm going to ask you a final question. This is what I ask everyone. Suppose you have someone that has never in their life heard The Temptations. Right. They have never heard My Girl, The Way You Do Things You Do. They never heard Tree Like a Lady. They have no idea mm-hmm. who The Temptations are. Can you give me an album or three songs that you would give them and say, This is who the Temptations are. This is who how you need to start off listening to any album. Any album.
2: How about greatest hits? Does that count, or does it need to be? No. Okay, I was (laughs) going (laughs) to. That's cheating.
0: The only the only time that worked was someone picked the Luther Vandross episode, and they picked the live concert, which I was like, that works. That works.
2: That's still compilation though uh, of of hits. I think that if you're going to pick one album, oh, see, there's 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 the me side and the, there's the, the understanding that everyone is not me side of this mm-hmm. question um, there is I would probably say oh what is that oh man I'm, I'm blanking on the album title it's the album with um, Since I Lost My Baby on it they're all wearing white suits
1: mm. Of life, a new day is dawning, sunny and bright. But after I've been crying all night, the sun is cold, and the new day seems old. Since I lost my baby, since I lost my baby.
0: The tempt and Temptations, 1965.
2: That's it. That's it. Okay. Yes, I knew it was something weird. That's
0: the album. Okay, so let's see what else is on this. I would recommend
2: The tempt and Temptations.
0: Okay, so we got "Since I Lost My Baby," the girl's all right with me. Just Another Lonely Night, My Baby, You've Got to Earn It, Everybody Needs Love, Girl, Why You Want to Make Me Blue, Don't Look Back, I Gotta Know Now, Born to Love You, I'll Be in Trouble, and You're the One I Need.
2: Think about all the hits that are on that alone.
0: Let's talk about the lineup on this album, though. So if we got, Since I Lost My Baby, it's was 65, so we're still the original five?
2: We are with the lineup after the original five. Albridge Bryant was gone by this point. Okay. David Ruffin took over. He was...
0: Oh, okay.
2: People forget about Al.
0: They really do. Paul was still in. Okay.
2: Yeah. It was uh, Otis, Melvin, Eddie, Paul, and David.
0: I feel like we forget about Jimmy Ruffin, too.
2: Jimmy Ruffin was never in the group. Jimmy Ruffin was David's brother.
0: I know, but he did additional background vocals.
2: Oh, well, I guess And it's a different thing.
0: And, well, it's a different thing, but the reason why I bring up Jimmy Ruffin is because for the longest time, I thought that um, what becomes of the brokenhearted was The Temptations, but that mm. was Jimmy.
1: Mm-mm.
2: No. Am I wrong about that? It was yeah, it was it was Jimmy Ruffin, dude. Right. Temps were not on there.
0: I know. But it sounded <laughs> so similar. And I was a child and I'm going with that. I'm not saying this is something I recently discovered. <laughs> but David Ruffin and Jimmy Ruffin sound similar. And so I always thought that was a temptation song, and then I found out it wasn't. It was Jimmy Ruffin.
2: You think they sound similar?
0: I did when I was a baby, Kyle, and I'm going uh, with Oh, uh, okay, all right. Okay? <laughs> so I'm going with Oh,
2: all right. You, I did You, when I, I did you when said I, it you said it more in present sense. I so. did
0: when I was a baby, and that's what we're gonna go with.
2: Okay. On my show.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, thank you so much oh, for being for with me today, me. this was really great and I learned a lot I did, I learned a lot about the Temptations and about you as an artist and um, your journey and I think it's really cool so I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing so much with us.
2: Oh, thank you no, I, I always say I'm an open book and uh, I have have no problem talking about the, the things I've learned mm-hmm. um, Yeah. At another time, we could talk uh, more about what I actually mean about certain things. But it's, uh, it's it's really I think that a lot of there's a lot of things that I've experienced that maybe people who want to get into the music industry should mm-hmm. know about first. Yeah. So um, hopefully, uh, people get a chance that those types of people get a chance to actually hear. Yeah. And, uh, and and learn something.
0: Oh, that's important. Tell the people where they can find you, please.
2: Uh, you can find me at the Kyle Mac. That's Mack spelled M. A A C K um, on Instagram, the Kyle Mac. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook uh, and also follow Jam podcast. Uh, that is TryJam T R I J A M podcast at Instagram, on Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. And then go to MacAttack.com for uh, Mac spelled the same way, attack.com uh, for any new and upcoming information. Whenever I get more live shows booked up, you can find all my information on
0: there. Yes. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very special thank you to my guest, Kyle Mack, for speaking with me about the first time he heard The Temptations special thank you goes out to my producer lynn webb this was recorded at the bat base in philadelphia we did it this is the wrap for season one guys thank you so much for listening for subscribing very special thank you to every guest that i've had on this season i swore i was never doing a podcast and here i am eight episodes in loving it it's been such a joy speaking with so many of you about the first time you've heard your favorite artist and I just really appreciate it, whether it's been this is the first episode that you've ever listened to or you've been down since the first episode of the season. I greatly appreciate everyone that is subscribed and shared and reviewed on iTunes. It means so much. You're going to be able to follow the first time I heard on social media on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And so go ahead and follow. We're going to talk about the first time we heard these artists and that we were discussed in season one. And you'll be able to find out when season two premieres, which I'm extremely excited about. So I look forward to sharing all this with you very soon. Until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays and many wishes of love and abundance, blessings and just great things to happen for you and your family in this upcoming new year.
1: From the temptation.